0: My name is Willem Friesendorf, I am the CEO of Cleantech Water and Cleantech Water provides advanced water treatment solutions to help customers with uh, increasing their water recovery and also with metal recovery.
1: Um, good to meet you, Willem. Um, you're you're coming in from from Holland, I just got back from Africa. What a, and you're sitting in Australia, so there you go. It's a truly really international show today. Um, hey, the thanks for coming on. We, we obviously, the demerger from uh, Sunrise Energy Metals has has happened, uh, and you are your own entity. And um, we're going to talk today about what, what it is that you're trying to do. But before we kind of get into the company and, and what you're trying to do, there, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself, please?
0: Yes. So, as you as you just alluded to, I am Dutch, and I'm. Uh My study background is physics uh, and a master's in physics. And then after that, I joined uh, for most of my time McKinsey where I was focused on energy, also clean energy, but also the old energy. And then in 2010, I moved to China where I joined a venture capital company focused on clean technologies. And then after that, I started my own water treatment company in China. And in that capacity, I met Cleantech at the time that was called Cleantech, it's now called Sunrise Energy Metals. And then I jumped over, uh, and that was now in 2016 to become general manager of the water business within Cleantech. And then we demerged um, past uh, July from from which was then called Sunrise Energy Metals and
1: become our own entity, Cleantech Water. Right. So, what technology have you got? What, what is Cleantech Water? What problem are you trying to solve? So we have a a, a set of solutions uh, for our customers and we have three platform
0: technologies um, that we build these solutions around. One of those platform technology, the most important one is continuous ion exchange. So we have various ways to use resins to pull out certain pollutants or to pull out certain metals. Uh, A second part of our technology portfolio, a second important pillar of our technology portfolio is our bio cleanse. So we can we can dive into details later, but I'm just running through it now. BioPlants has an intensified bacteriological methodology. And the third pillar, and that's its own subsidiary, and that has recently gotten a lot of attention, is our graphene membrane business. And the subsidiary is called Nematic, um, And that is, again, we can talk about it. That's, that's uh, um, moving into the membrane market, which is in itself a very large market in the uh, in the water treatment market.
1: Okay, so your market cap was there's 30 million at the moment, that 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 sort of level, you've yeah. got a lot of cash, which which is is that sorry, did you say yes or no? Yeah, no, that's correct. It, yeah. It's gone down a bit in the recent turmoil, but yes. Yeah, um, affecting everyone, um, and, you, and you, but you do have a a good chunk of cash in in, in there at the moment, so around 10 million, 10 million bucks or so. Okay, so um, you're you're in a good place to make some decisions about where you focus, but you can't be all things to all men. So all all of the options that you just laid, you know, outlined for us there is, can you kind of prioritise what it is that you're going to be focused on? Um, and, and to what end? Yes, of course. So at the highest level, what
0: we're doing is we, um, we attack or we address some of the hardest problem in water treatment at the moment. So as you probably know, the water treatment sector is a huge sector, right? So it's estimated to become around 1 trillion a year. But obviously, a lot of that is relatively standard Biological treatment a lot of that is almost literally cement being put into into place right so we're obviously not uh, attacking those those areas but water treatment especially these days it's growing and investments are growing very very fast and that is very linked to a number of very challenging issues One of them is uh, is brines so one of them is what you get when you treat water is you get secondary waste so in almost any plant in Where there's water treatment, you have secondary waste, and it used to be that that secondary waste can go back into the river or back into the ground. Or you had with mining these huge tailings dams. You still have huge tailings dams or evaporation ponds, and that that trend or or, or or that old method basically is being not acceptable anymore. It's often not acceptable anymore for the, for the companies. So so the big multinationals they don't want to do that anymore. Regulators don't want to do it anymore. It's a huge risk. We have a number of these incidents with tailings dams, and it's a huge waste of water. So a lot of the water is being wasted in secondary waste. So if you want to look across our technologies, one thing we do with our technologies is address the problems that prevent companies or municipalities from taking more water out of that brine, or from making sure that secondary waste is eliminated or treated, and thirdly, Taking that secondary waste and extracting valuable elements out of that, so it can be metals, but it can also be things like phosphate or nutrients.
1: Right. So it, let's go back to what you made earlier with okay, the okay. The the entire market is one trillion, but you're going after a very specific part of that. So what's the size of the universe that you want to operate in? You know, you know, here are the competitors, and what sort of market share do you think you can capture? So it's still a very large
0: market we're going after. So it's billions of dollars. Um, so and and it depends a bit how you count it, right? Because these scopes can vary quite a bit, but it's a couple of ten billion dollars globally, the market we're right now attacking with our current solutions. Um so so that's a very sizable market for a company like us. Um, and what we're doing now is 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 entering those markets. So what you do in water treatment, or what you have to do in water treatment, and in almost any technology field, really, is obviously You have to have your demonstrations there. You have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself in a region, in a sector. And once you've proven yourself, you can start to grow uh, and and accelerate that
1: uh, that growth. Well, you can start to pitch, and you can start to. You yeah, yes. <laughs> and Sal, because uh, you, you can say, well, at least we've, we've proved the technology works. So this is a question of, I guess, it comes down. To, well, what, what does it come down to? Because if, if in this particular example, what are the companies that you have to go and, and, and talk to? You know, what do the contracts look like? How long do they last? What are the, what are the, you know, what's the, what's the revenue from that look like? What do the margins look like?
0: Yeah, Oh very good question. So. The customers we prefer to deal directly with the end user, so that happens say fifty percent of the time, and then we work
1: with partners and with engineering companies. When you say end users, like it can mean a lot of things to different people. So, what sort of companies are you talking about? Big companies. So it could be the big mining companies,
0: BHP, Rio, in our mining sector, in the industrial sector, the big consumer goods customers, the big, all the big brands you've heard of tend to have somewhere in their in their value chain water treatment. And they tend to get more and more concerned about it. Our project in uh, in the Middle East that we signed this year uh, was for BP with the end user. So British Petroleum, they want to do a better job in, in in recovering more water or reusing it more efficiently. So that's an example of an end user. we Fosterville is another one that's in, in Australia, a big gold mine. These are the type of end users we're dealing
1: with, right? And what's a contract look like? What, what, what you know, because I I'm, mentioned I'm in the money side of things, and mentioned in how you make money, the cost of sale, you know, what, what you're left with at, at at the end of it. How do you repeat? You know, how long do these contracts last?
0: Yeah, very good question again. So it's it's easiest to describe based on our development recently. So what we've done as a company is, as you alluded to, we've we've first um, uh, done our demonstrations, signed our first few contracts, and then around 2 3 years ago we built our small but but still a, a real commercial team to go after those contracts to go after these customers so that has resulted since January 2021 in six contracts and the contract size right now varies between say 1.5 million and 5 million 5 million is a contract we just got awarded in the northern territories right so and- that's Our starting point Um, and these contracts tend to, so so we've been accelerating the implementation of these contracts that's related to sort of our increasing maturity as a company but they tend to last say nine months. Sometimes you can do it faster, sometimes it goes up a bit to to 12 months and that's delivered as a package. So we try to be very focused around our core technology because that gives us higher margins and, and that gives us more possibility to then standardize and then accelerate sales. But sometimes these projects you're required to provide sort of an end-to-end solution and we do that as well. Sometimes in cooperation with a company like a civil contractor or sometimes we do it alone depending on the scope. And that's sort of the core right now of the sales. And then we have a trailing revenue of after-service and consumables. And it's important to, to mention that I think the three core technology platforms that we're building our technologies on, all three have substantial repeatable business elements to it Um, so to run through those three again one is we build a lot around resin exchange so that's resins so these are these are these are consumable Um, and then secondly a bio cleanse again that's these bio cleanses in this case we're even happy to only sell the consumables Um, once we have our demonstration cases and our large-scale plans operating then we certainly would also want to work with partners to just sell the consumables and thirdly the membranes, so our graphene membrane business, that's the least mature. So we're still working on that one to uh, build our first pilots. That initially would also be a little bit of a solutions business. So we would would sell the integrated equipment, but over time we would certainly see most growth happening in just selling these membranes.
1: Right. And so if, okay, so, so let's focus on the on the residents and the buy then. So yeah. you told us the size of the of the contracts. I mean, are they are they high margin? And you know, and, and if so, you know, if they're on average, say nine nine months, so now you're an approved supplier. Um, do you, would you, your expectation be with these larger companies to you know, move on to the next project with them? Either cost of sale reduces because you're an improved supplier, but the, is a the continuous cycle or, or, of projects, or does each project require you to prove yourself? Uh, that depends a bit on the type of customer. So there's some very large customers. So if you,
0: if you take uh, BP as an example, uh, but also other potential customers, right? They have multiple sites. So many customers have like four sites or five sites, and sometimes even more. So that's one form of the repeat business. Um, Then there is the repeat business in the consumables, as I just mentioned. And then there is a lot of acceleration for us in standardizing designs. Um, So because this has been a scale up, right? So we scaled up these technologies to large scale size, very large scale size. And what the next logical step is then to standardize those packages. So instead of saying, we build it and we optimize it for this specific plant, you say, okay, we now have three options for you. and shrinks that design phase, which now sometimes takes three months to one month, right? And it also shrinks the sourcing uh, period to a much shorter time, because at some point you
1: would then also start to build a bit of inventory to your standard vessels, or or
0: indeed the, the residents, for example.
1: And for, so, with the, with the sales process, so I'm so fascinated by this part of the, of, of your business because, like, say if, if you prove the technology works, then you know we don't need to talk about the technology each time. But in terms of the the selling and approval. so for BHP, for instance, has multiple projects around the world, but it will have also ma- multiple different management teams who have their own, you know. Um, Ability to operate how they see fit. Would do do you sell in at, at, at head, head uh, quarter level, you know, at, at, at you know BP senior management level, and they will tell the different projects that yours is a technology which is approved, so therefore they can use it, or on the ground to each of these operating teams have discretion to use who they want. I would say that's often a combination of the two.
0: So, so what you tend to have is central units, and it depends very much on the company and a bit the sector. I would argue that mining is more dispersed, so there's more there's more power with the project companies, whereas some of say the consumer goods companies, it's more centralized, there's much more power with the centralized units. And they would then give either a strong recommendation or even a decision. It also depends a bit on water quality. So again, mines tend to be on one extreme of the, of the of the of the of the of the range in terms of how differentiated it is. Whereas if you go to more municipal or certain factories, it can be much more similar across uh, sites. So it's hard to give one single answer to that.
1: Right, and and with with regards to pricing, um, for instance, you know, you're you know you're solving a problem for them. It's a question of how much they value that problem and how much you value that problem. So how, how do you actually determine what price and therefore what margin you can um, get away with? On, on each of these tenders or the, all these bids or these conversations that you have? So you still tend to operate in a competitive market. So, so we tend to
0: compete against solutions that are different. We almost always bring something that's fairly different, differentiated, which means our margin sort of increases by the delta between what we can do economically for them versus the next uh, supplier. Um, so and, and on margins for equipment, so integrated equipment, especially advanced integrated equipment, Again, I cannot disclose sort of our, our margins of course but tends to to operate at fairly good margins so say 30 40 percent that you can earn on integrated equipment right and and that's quite different from much more standardized wastewater treatment plants which get more like a 20 percent margin so we we very much aim to keep those high margins there and then the consumables that are part of our Plans also tend to uh, uh, earn high margins.
1: So, so again, kind of going forward in terms of the kind of growth element, because every company needs to tell a growth, growth story is like, it's, it's going to be determined on how many contracts you, you win. And, and I guess in a, in a, in a, meaningful way, you want to win contracts because you kind of got this legacy, you kind of got this annuity stream of post the contract. Of selling the you know the the the, the, the membranes and the, the hardware as, as it were, it's kind of like selling razors. You know, they kind of give you the handle for free, but they charge you a lot for the razors. Blades themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is what is your business model? Is it like get in there and get in, integrated into a, an operation, or is it well? Is it different? From that? I'm, I'm intrigued. So, so
0: I would say for the for the first business I described, which is our solution business built around our resins, is very much a combination. So in those cases, we do not say, okay, let's just first sell 10 years only razors and then only the razor blades for the next 30 years. That's not going to be like that. So there's always a bit of a combination there. And uh, we do obviously see the share of our repeatable business grow there. For the other two business, so that's our BioCleanse and then our membranes, it, it can be much more geared towards we're really in the business of selling either the, the consumables, really the, the, the narrow consumables, say, which would be the lenses and the membranes, but it can also be the lenses or the lenses packaged in sort of a standard uh, setup and the graphene membranes in standard modules. But, but that's, then, that's then almost the same as this repeat business, as, as you say, as the, the razor blades. And those businesses would then also grow very much through partners and agents or very big brands. Right, so, so, the big water treatment brands, to give the membrane as an example, the big water treatment brands, say Suez and Veolia and Invoqua, etc., they often have their own suppliers for certain elements. And membranes is a great example. So, so, it's just that this first step into the market, you as a product development company, you need to prove that technology to the market, right? It's very hard to wait for others or pay others to do it. You have to go into the market, show that it works. And then the follow-up growth path would very much be um, that if it works well and if it shows the benefits that we expect it to show, that some of those bigger companies come to you and say, listen, we want your product to be part of our product portfolio.
1: Right. And, and where, where do you say, Come on, you're an ex-McKinsey consultant. Where, where, how do you see this breaking down or this playing out of, or, over the next 2-3 years in terms of direct sales, high, high cost? Um, to to that that conversion, and maybe creating a more um, wholesale uh, product or licensing product um, globally to kind of be, you know, take advantage of a kind of first mover advantage in whatever it is that you believe that you can uh, do.
0: So I would say that that will be a few years when the second part of the business comes to becomes a more prominent part. The six contracts I just mentioned are all six in the first category. And and we will have more of those, right? We're very much chasing them right now. That is the part where we have a sales team in place, where we have our demonstrations out there, where we have our materials. Everything is set up for that part. Whereas the second and the third part, it is just now starting. And 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 I think there's that's logical. That's just where we are. But it's also a very natural development because what you tend to do there's always a trade-off, right? So being able to continuously sell a consumable that everybody wants. Naturally, is linked in nine out of 10 cases to a longer development trajectory, right? So we've spent the last eight years developing these graphene membranes, um, taking it from the university, from, uh, from, uh, from Monash University, and developing it into a product. And we have, it, maybe you've looked at some of the announcements, we have, we have recently achieved commercial scale production with that membrane. So we've produced 1,000 meters in the US. So we now show we can scale it up at cost. We've been doing the test and now the next step is doing our pilots in the field. So, so there's been a long development trajectory that will then, over the next um, one or two years, become a product that we start selling. Um, so, so it's a gradual, it's a gradual change into into that direction.
1: Okay, and and so how, how much money has been spent to date on the on the R and D components across all products? Across, um, that mean, must be tens of millions of dollars. Right, of millions of dollars. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know the exact. We have a long history, um, but 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 a lot of money, uh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so, you, if, if we look at, you know, how this thing, again, I just want to, want to stick with the kind of growth growth component and how you see that going, because obviously, as you say, you know, it's been a difficult, it's, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of flatlining flat here at the moment. You've kind of got your, your six uh, contracts awarded, um, your, you know, your, your product has been proved in, in market and obviously companies are, Getting um, getting to, getting to t- test that, but where do you think of the step change for your company comes from as far as shareholders are concerned, right? Because they, you know, what, what do you think is going to move move the dial? People talk about catalyst moments, but it's it's a feels like it's going to be a kind of slow, steady growth for you guys if you can keep hitting these um, the, the, getting these contracts awarded. So, w- what do you think it's going to take?
0: I mean, I'm not sure why you say we're flatlining at the moment. I would say that's the exact opposite of flatlining. What's happening at the moment? Um,
1: um, well, I'm looking, I'm looking at share in relation to share price, right?
0: All right, no, share price is a fair point. So, but, but I think if you look at our business, which is ultimately um, obviously a big focus. So if you look at last full year, which was half of the time we were still part of uh, Sunrise, but we, we obviously were operating already as a separate business. The last full years we had 2Million of revenues, which was more than the previous year, right? So that's what when it started. And then this first half a year, Revenues was six point seven million, so that is more than three times more than a full, full portfolio so So I do think you see a very substantial transformation and change in the company at the moment in terms of our growth um, and 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 we look to con- continue that so I think there's a if you 're looking for the, for sort of the growth story and the realization of the growth that 's happening uh, at the moment, I would say um, and, and we're looking to continue that.
1: Of it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, right? With with with, with junior companies, um, certainly having you know your origins are in the the, the mining sp- resources space more more broadly, right? And there there are no revenues, there are no uh, profits, etc. It, it, it's all about you know telling a story about what the future could look like for you guys. You're actually yep. focused on the business of like a real business of generating cash. I guess. You know, for me, it would be a case of how do you describe to people the step changes in, in, in what you can deliver where th- that they should take notice of, which are meaningful, which, which may be the revenue reaches a point where you become non-dilutory. The revenue reaches a stage where you maybe can do, you know, dividends. I know it's a long way off, but you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, what are they? What would you point to and say? This, these are the, these are the moments. These are deliverables. These are the things which matter to our business and should matter to your shareholders and and new shareholders looking in.
0: Yes, no, no, that's a very good question. So, well, so what matters a lot is is is, is the moment we're living. That that's still what I would emphasize. So, what matters a lot is the fact that we are now we've made that transition from. Right, a technology company with some demonstration plans. And then the question is always, first, do they work? So we've proven that they work very well, they operate. And then second, can you now keep selling that? So that's the second point. So then how is that growth going to continue is, is a very valid question. So what is, if you if you double click almost on the development that you've seen, you really are looking at a a, a set of solutions or a suite of solutions we're having none of first, mostly talking about this first pillar I've been discussing. So a suite of solutions we're having with which we enter different markets. So we've been quite good now in the Australia market. So most of our projects have been in that market. We've been delivered project in that market and you see sort of the follow up for that. We've only just entered the project with BP, I just mentioned the oil and gas and the Middle Eastern market. So that's with a partner Nesser, that's a NASDAQ listed oil food services company. That is very focused on developing their environmental uh, uh, side of the business, and with them we're now building. You could almost say our first demonstration sector for that. uh, Sorry, first demonstration plant for that sector and in that region. So that's in itself a trigger. A similar uh, thing I would want to say about China. So in China we are now with our first large scale. That's a certain one of our solutions is BioNex taking out nitrate. It's a very large project in northern China, a completely new application that's very unique, has huge applications in the U.S. as well. That's We're towards the end of that project at the moment, so we're hoping to have soon sort of the final commission of, uh, of that project. That's, again, that's in itself a trigger to then have further growth. So, so these are very important triggers for us because the, the, the last project I just mentioned concretely, they're literally neighbouring wastewater treatment plants who are saying, listen, we have the exact same problem. It's very challenging to bring, in this case, nitrate down to a level that the government is requiring. If it works, we are very interested to have a similar discussion and do the same thing. So, so these triggers are happening. And then maybe a final comment in that, same, um, in that same logic is, we are, I mentioned mining a few times. So the mining and metal sector is a sector where we're very strong. So you could say we've made our inroads, we have a good name there, we have the contact. But the other industrial sectors, in particular, for example, food, and in particular also the regions of North America and Europe, are areas where we want to do the same thing. So if you're looking at where is the growth going to come from, that's where the continued growth is going to come from. Uh, it's going to new sectors, new regions, and having these applications proven in those areas.
1: Right. So, so shareholders expect that you will be utilising uh, available um, capital to sales. Because that, there's a lot of the, you mentioned a lot of you know different jurisdictions, um, a lot of different yep. uh, verticals within in, in those jurisdictions. It's going to take time to you know tell the story, you know sell the story, get people testing your your product in whether it be in a competitive environment or not. Um, so does, is that what the next couple of years looks like? Next two three years looks like look. Let's just get out there. That's the best use of our money. And that's a very important element of that.
0: Um, but to come back to the membranes I just mentioned, that's one of the products that specifically would also require additional money to do that scale up. Um, and so, so just to be clear there. But but it's it's in the same in the same general direction, you could say, because it's proving up technologies in markets um, and then growing it on the back of that. But it is a bit specific because membrane making is 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 within the water sector probably the largest and most uniform single product sector you can have? So so it's it's a bit different in that sense.
1: So with, okay, with, well, let's talk about that. And so, so with the membrane component, it, you said it's it's the least advanced of the, of, of the three, the graphene membrane. Um, so it needs a little bit more. are you saying a little bit more R and D, or is it a little bit more in terms of its exposure to the market? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's 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 most advanced, you could say, in terms of product developed, but it's
0: least far ahead of saying if tomorrow a customer calls us, which is actually happening, we tend to say we first want to do our pilots. So our our big focus there right now is to do, say, five, six pilots and then prove to the world and to everybody to say, okay, this is now running for three, four months in the field with wastewater. And it's showing characteristics that our early testing have shown um, in terms of water treatment. So, So that's the next step for that one, which is just it's where the rest of the business was two years ago, say. Right. So
1: okay. Was, that, okay. And if you look at what's sort of happening, and again, I'll sort of refer to the resource space because I know you understand a little bit about. You know, they, they've had to move um, from a sort of just-in-time strategy to a inventory-focused strategy because you know supply chains and you know a, a, a access to. Um, materials it has been difficult for them. For, for you with the graphene um, uh, mem- membrane business, do you think obviously for all of these trials and stuff, are you going to have to again expend capital to have product available, or do you was th- the is the lead time for these these sales, these piloting, you know, long enough that you can once you've got an agreement in place, you can then go and you know build out what you require? That's how we would start, but ultimately, yes. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we would need to
0: build up some inventory. The, the, the key next sort of area would be we really need to build our own ability to produce that. So what we've been doing now is we control the full value chain, just to be very clear there. But we have, we have now produced this first thousand meters based on a virtual factory, you could almost say. So we contract manufacturing all the different manufacturing steps, in different parts in the world, literally, and then we built our own modules. Um, and that's that's if you really grow, ultimately, you do need to uh, to to own that, to own that chain. That, that's literally a printing tr- chain, almost, of printing these membranes.
1: Okay, and we, and with as a percentage, um, the of the three, the three. I just wonder what the, what, what percent each of the three solutions uh, represents to you, but on, on, on the water resins and. Bioclans, is it a third, a third, a third uh, across the board, or is there one one that you imagine is going to be a bigger revenue source to you guys? Um, And and if so, how do you prioritize what you focus on? Um,
0: So I would say right now we we prioritize by splitting the business. So that's that's a sort of a a fairly um, passive way of prioritizing, you could say. But it's we run the membranes really as a separate business. So in that sense, it just has to find its own speed. Yeah. In terms of potential for very fast scale-up, it could be that in the next, say, five years, membrane beats all the rest. Um, But that's less the total market size as it is about the potential to have a very quick scale-up once you pass those first sort of barriers of showing it to the market and getting accepted. Because imagine one of the big brands... And I'm not only talking about, about Veolia, right? but also say one of the big chemical brands, say DuPont or something, would say, hey, we really like that. We want to add that to our product portfolio. You can imagine a very quick scale-up in terms of uh, revenues there that, that is hard to beat on the other side.
1: Right. So, 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 in terms of ease, that would be a good one. Does that is that also reflective of the kind of margin? Would it be the highest margin uh, rate to go down? And yeah, the margin could also be very attractive there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Okay. Great. Um, okay. So, right. So, what, I'll just leave you, leave you with the final thought, which is, right, I suppose your shareholders concerns as far as, uh, anyone looking in new, um, thinking, understanding that water is big business, uh, these days. Um, what would you, what, what do the next sort of 12 months look like for you? Obviously, you've got capital, but what, what, what what, would you, what thoughts would you leave us with?
0: Yeah, so I think that the first thing I described, just to emphasize that again, is, is. let me start with the main thing for us, is still delivering the project we have sold. So that's always the most important thing, right? Our current customers need to be happy, it needs to be working well, and also because of the follow-up, the trading revenues, right? That's always very important. We're still a young company, so that's always our main focus. Um, that's number one. Number two, then, is indeed, um, as I just mentioned, is entering those new sectors and regions. So we do leverage our own commercial team a lot with partners. So I just mentioned Nasser. We have Multitech in Africa for the mining sector. We have two very well-connected uh, and, and, and and strong companies in China that we work with that are going to do that. And we're having discussions with various partners in Europe and the US. So that, sales acceleration that we want to achieve, it does often go via pilot. So in the US and Europe, we would, we would be looking at potentially a pilot or a smaller plant, but we're looking at that acceleration very much as, uh, as something for the upcoming year. And then for our graphene membranes, um, we just discussed that same story, these pilots that we really want to do. Maybe a final thing to mention. Um, we also, and I mentioned that at the start, the resin exchange technology, the history of that technology, as you, as you might have guessed, given that we sort of emerged from a mining company, is from mining. So it is efficient in water treatment and it's different from other things in it that it pulls out certain pollutants and does that very effectively, therefore creating much less brine and having all kinds of other benefits. But what it also can do is then take out certain valuable metals from those waste streams. So given our strong footprint in the mining sector and given our background with some of our major investors, uh, major shareholders, I should say, having some of those very big mining assets, we are very interested in applying this technology. And in fact, we're we're having those discussions to apply this technology then to not only make sure we help our customers manage their wastewater, manage their tailings, manage their evaporation ponds, but in that process also, recover some of the value from those ponds or these, uh, these tailing stems.
1: William, Thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate that. All right.